Well, good afternoon. It's always nice to be here. My name's Dean. It's a little bit cold outside these days. Um, so I decided I was going to walk my, well, I walk my dog every day, but um, I have a husky, so she doesn't care what the weather's like. Um, but I noticed that even with my gloves this morning, by the time I was done with the walk, my hands were starting to get a little cold. So I guess it was like eight degrees out there, but I think we might have one more day of that, but hopefully that'll be it for um, those that are Fusion age and want to check out to go to Fusion, please feel free to do that. We are continuing in our Christmas series of Expecting Jesus, and today is the third message of that series, and we've been looking at the actual backstory of the birth of Jesus and maybe some things that we might not have known or expected to find, and so the first week of our series, we looked at the unexpected family of Jesus. And so we looked at Jesus' genealogy, his lineage, and we found that God used a lot of broken people to bring Jesus into this world. We learned that uh, that's good news because we're pretty broken ourselves. And um, we learned that there's a, a way that we could be part of Jesus' family tree and be heirs uh, that are actually in that family tree. In the second week, we looked at the unexpected pregnancy, and we took some time to look at the divine messenger and the divine conception and the divine calling and recognized that maybe we all have a little bit of a, a calling as it relates to Jesus and we definitely looked at that divine conception because we recognized that that had to happen if we were going to have a savior. So today we are looking at unexpected joy. And it's somewhat interesting to me as I look at scripture that we don't have anything recorded about Mary's or Joseph's parents' response. It's completely silent. And I think it would be safe to say that their initial news of this unexpected pregnancy did not fill them with joy. Some of you may have experienced or known parents that have experienced an unexpected pregnancy of their unmarried teenage child. And joy is definitely not the first emotion that's felt. In fact, the opposite emotions of perhaps some anger, some fear, some disappointment, some embarrassment come into play. I can relate to these emotions because when I was 16, my sister found herself in this same exact situation. 17 and pregnant, unmarried. And I can tell you that those emotions that I just shared with you are emotions that our family felt and worked through for some period of time. I can also relate because at about that same time when I was 16, I was working at McDonald's and there was a, a girl there that um, was a friend and I can remember that she 
one day um, asked me for a ride, and unbeknownst to me, um, I think she had got herself pregnant. And so she asked me for a ride, and I was a pretty naive 16-year-old, and so I, I gave her a ride. Um, I noticed that her emotions and her face were not um, good. And afterwards, I, sometime in the, in the future, I looked back at that, and I, I, I realized that um, she probably went and terminated that pregnancy. There was no joy anywhere nearby. And I'm sure it wasn't anywhere nearby for Mary or Joseph's parents. Their daughter or soon-to-be daughter-in-law, probably age 15, betrothed, ends up pregnant, not by the person that she's betrothed to, probably wasn't a time of joy. And in the eyes of the world, it was probably pretty scandalous. So what made the difference for Mary? Where did this unexpected joy, in spite of the circumstances that she found herself in, came from? What was the source of her joy? Well, we know it's the good news. And we see this good news shared with her by the angel. And yes, the angel communicated to her that she would conceive this child, but the angel also introduced her. He introduced her to Jesus, and this is what he said. He said, you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel introduced Mary to Jesus. And that was good news. It was also good news to Mary that she had been chosen. That nothing that she did, but that she had found favor with God, found grace. That was good news. And when she asked, well, how is this, how am I going to know this is all going to come about? The angel said to her, well, there's also another sign. Your cousin, who's been barren, Elizabeth is pregnant, and that brought great joy to Mary. And so, what do you do when you have good news? You want to share that good news with others. And so, Mary decided she was going to share that with who better than the person that God had revealed to her had had an own miracle given to her. And so, we learn from Scripture in Luke 1.39, it says, A few days later... Mary hurried. It's interesting that the word hurried there is there. To the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Mary chose to spend time with somebody that could relate to the good news that she had received. In fact, she spent three months there. Remember when you were first introduced to Jesus? Remember when you first realized 
that you were favored by God, that he was extending his grace to you? Remember the joy that you experienced and felt? And remember desiring to want it to share with somebody else that had experienced it? For me, I went, when that, that happened with me, I immediately ran across the street to some good friends and a lady we called Aunt Jean. Um, and uh, I, I shared that news with her and she, she shared in my joy. And it was a special moment. So the question for you is, who is in your good news inner circle? Who do you share with what God is doing in your life? And I ask that question because I wonder what would have happened if Mary didn't go to Elizabeth's house. I wonder what would have happened if she would have just stayed with the people in her life that couldn't relate to the experience, that might not have cared about her good news. They couldn't make any sense of it. Think about it. No support. Ridicule. I imagine that as time goes on, you begin to question whether or not the angel really spoke to you. Negativity day after day, wearing you down. Soon the excitement probably would disappear. The same thing can happen with you and I. We receive the good news and the people around us, for whatever reason, they can't relate to the joy we're experiencing. They can't make any sense of it. They may, if we share it with them, they may say, oh, that's sweet. That's nice. Glad you found religion. This shouldn't be a surprise. First Corinthians tells us, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For the most part, what the world knows about joy is that it is external. It is something that we experience from the outside that makes us feel good, brings happiness to us. I looked up a list of what brings us joy. And so the top five on this list are all, there's nothing wrong with them, but they're all external. One is add color to your home. It brings some joy. I like color. Spend some time with friends. Give. Make time to exercise. Add some house plants. What, what, I, what I found interesting was this list didn't have uh, pets on it. Probably because they added cats with dogs. So we all know that cats are... Well, they can be, you can have joy with cats, but then they go psycho on you. But I don't know, maybe that's why pets didn't make the list. But they're all external. And what we're looking at is something that's not from the outside in, but something that's from the inside out. 
And if we want to keep that good news within us, and we want to have that joy stay fresh in our hearts, we need to do what Mary did. We need to surround ourselves with those who can relate to the joy we have. And that's why fellowship and small groups and mentorship are so important. You know, the Bible tells us not to forsake our assembling together. And there's a reason for that. I've been in the church for many years now, and unfortunately, I've seen many people come and go. They come in with great joy, and then they don't share that joy, and they just get back into the world, and they're gone. And the reason that we want to join with those that can share in our joy is because they share a common thing with us, and that is that they too have received from the Holy Spirit. They've been, the Holy Spirit has worked in their lives and revealed and made known to them the things of God. And that's what we find with Mary in this situation. So we pick it up here in Luke 141. It says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Notice what what happened here. It's pretty incredible. Elizabeth's child leaped. Now Elizabeth goes on and tells Mary in the next verse as the experience happens. She says, you know, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for what? For joy. For joy. Do you have a picture in your mind? Here is a six-month fetus being filled by God, the Holy Spirit, and responding with an emotion, an emotion of joy. Interesting, the angel had told Zechariah, the child's father, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And we have that example right here. You know, God told Mary earlier that nothing is impossible with God. And if the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the truth to a baby in a womb, he can do that. Next we see that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she gave a glad cry. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to you. You can't but shout out. And that's what Elizabeth did. She also, the Holy Spirit revealed to her that the child within Mary was blessed. 
It didn't matter what was going on on the outside walls of Elizabeth's home. What mattered what was happening in the hearts of Mary and Elizabeth. They were being filled with joy from the inside out. A joy not based on any circumstances, but based on the good news of Jesus Christ being revealed to them through the Holy Spirit's work. You know, that's the Holy Spirit's job. The Bible tells us in John that he is the one that convicts concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. He is the one who reveals Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit bursts in you the truth that you're saved by grace and that you are favored. Maybe you're here today sitting here and maybe the light has turned on in your heart and you realize that this makes sense. Suddenly you comprehend that you are sinful and Jesus is sinless. That you have nothing to offer but that he has given you favor and he has given you grace. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. He works in our lives just like he worked in Elizabeth's life to reveal to her who Jesus was. And it resulted in a joy regardless of the circumstances that they may have faced themselves with. So again, for those of you who have had that revealed to you, do you remember how it first felt when you met Jesus? I can guarantee you that it included joy. Because when the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us, joy is the result. And Mary felt that joy, and she responded to that joy. And this is her response that we find. She actually sang out a song. We don't know if she actually belted out a tune. Um, but it's a poem, and it's called the Magnific Magnificat, and it's from a Latin word in the first verse of that poem, which means to magnify, to praise. Mary couldn't do anything but give praise for the joy that she had. So let's look at that together for just a minute. <clears throat> this song of, of praise, this poem, Mary starts out by saying, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will, be called, will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. Is your spirit rejoicing in God your Savior this morning? Have you forgot the wonder of the fact that the God of the universe took notice of you just like he took notice of Mary? Not because of your goodness, not because of anything that you've accomplished, but because of his favor to you. Undeserving. Do we recognize our position like Mary did? That really, we have no position before God. 
The Bible says that for those who have been forgiven much, love much. I think it's true that those who have been forgiven much also have great joy. We should have great joy because we've been forgiven much. Mary goes on and she says, He has done great things for me. Who here can't say that God has not done great things for you? Consider where you would be without him. I really don't even want to consider it because it wouldn't be good. It should bring us great joy. Mary's song moves forward and looks at God's work in the world. She says, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes and their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Here Mary proclaims what she knows about God. And what she knows about God is that his mercy is not limited. His mercy extends from generation to generation, from person to person, it doesn't matter who they are, great, small, tall, short, whatever. His mercy extends to each and every person. We also learn that his might is sufficient to do what he needs it to do. God is powerful, all-powerful, and he can accomplish his purpose in your life and in my life. Mary also says that he exalts the humble. It reminds me of Paul in 1 Corinthians when he says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen. The things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are, that no man should boast before God. Mary's song concludes by considering God's work towards his people. And she says, he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made the promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. You know, God always keeps his promises. Many of those promises were accomplished in the birth of her son, Mary, of Mary's son. You know, the, if you look at research, it says that there's either somewhere between 7,100 to 8,000 promises in the Bible. Those promises include that God will never leave you or forsake you. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. That should bring joy. He promises you comfort. He promises you love. He promises you hope, peace, goodness, even in the midst of suffering, wisdom, direction, 
He promises to provide, to sustain, to be a shield, to be, a, to be your refuge. On and on goes the promises of God. And on and on it should bring joy to our hearts. You know, Mary's song is a song of praise and proclamation for the joy that has been born within her. Do we share in that joy that Mary had? If we do, it'll cause us to break out in praise to God for what he's done in our lives. It will cause us to proclaim who he is and testify to his character. So the question may be, this year for us, is who's going to hear your song this Christmas season? Unexpected joy. There's a couple things to remember. It happens regardless of the circumstances. It happens when Jesus is revealed to you through the Holy Spirit. It's maintained when we share our lives and our stories with others who have experienced the same. It's expressed through our praise and our testimony. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. Um, so much that your favor was not just extended to a lowly serving girl. That your favor and your grace was extended to each one of us. And how desperately, desperately we needed it. Father, we thank you for your spirit that revealed it to us and gave us a joy, Lord, that we pray that will not be stolen from us. And just raise that joy within us this Christmas season as we celebrate Jesus. In his name, amen.